Hey guys, welcome back to Spooky Tuesday, a weekly podcast where we're breaking down all of our favorite slashers, thrillers, monster movies, and black comedies on the new scariest day of the week. I'm Sydney Thompson. I'm Monica Height. And I'm Chelsea Da. And this week, we are going old, old school. I mean, like, your grandparents, even your great-grandparents for some of you. <laughs> or for the what, Gen Z you? listeners. Your parents. Got there's got to be some boomer listeners out there. Mark, I know you better be listening to this podcast. This is a test. <laughs> Hi, Mark. Hi, Mark. Hi, Mark. <laughs> uh, we are watching the 1959 horror B movie classic House on Haunted Hill. Can it be called a B movie if it was like a leading film of its day? I think this was it a is. B movie. It is, yeah. And all of the like, articles I read, they're like. William Castle, the king of B movies. Like, oh. yeah, it's his whole yeah, like, deal. This was a B movie that people just fell in love with and it became okay. so popular that it, you know, kind of got a cult status. But like, it's yeah. clearly a B movie from oh, sure, sure. <laughs> well, From the fucking get go, from the get go, we get the scream, we get the disembodied fucking heads. The disembodied heads let you know that this is a B movie from the get. <laughs> I, I love a good disembodied head moment though. Who doesn't? And we oh, get love three in this movie. Thank God. Um, also, a thing I noticed that I did not fact check, but I think I'm right, is that uh-huh. I think they just filmed <laughs> them. Like the two actors who do the disembodied head things wearing a black t-shirt with a tightly <laughs> cropped neck in front of a black background. Cause like there's one part where Vincent Price, like it, it's panning back from him and you can see where his neck cuts off. And it's like, yeah, he's just wearing like a crew neck t-shirt. That's what's <laughs> happening. <laughs> Special effects, movie magic. Practical effects are always better, you better. guys, and that just uh, goes to show. <laughs> well, if you haven't seen this absolute banger of a classic, House on Haunted Hill is about a millionaire offers uh, five people $10,000 each to uh, be locked in a large spooky house that he's rented overnight for his wife's party, which she doesn't even want to have, which is great. I mean, she does in her own way. <laughs> she does want to have it. She's just a great actress on screen, off screen, all around. I'm trying to say in the plot and as a the actress. As an oh, actress. what's one of my saying? <laughs> you nailed it. I think you off it strong. Exactly right. Everybody understood exactly what you were going for. Probably people listening at home clapped and said, that was Ooh. so articulate. <laughs> so well said. I'm known for that. I am known for my articulateness which is also a word for sure <laughs> um I mean besides being a great actress on and off screen Carol um um art um heart I don't know how to say her name. I like the last also one, though. a fucking stone cold fox so that's 
really nice too. <laughs> oh, she looks so good in this movie and she's mean and mm-hmm. is very sexy. Mm-hmm. We're yeah, going I mean, right I back to honest. the mean lesbian trope right here. Mean bisexual. <laughs> thank you. Yes, I'm so sorry. That's true. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I didn't get the full vibes at first. We actually, um, we watched this movie together for the first time in a long time. So cute. We all hopped on zoom. Um, but so we were like doing our little live reactions. Um, and, and I gotta say, I was not giving it my full attention because Monica, you had your camera on. Um, and so, but it was always what I had my camera on. I wasn't sure if you knew because I kept being like, ha ha ha. Love seeing just Monica's forehead or the ceiling of Monica's apartment. You never responded. And I was like, okay, she knows whatever. She's no, I didn't see any of those messages. This is by design. Nose or anything gross. (laughs) Jesus. No, I mean, we only saw your forehead. So you're good. Um, but yeah, I just, I kept glancing down to see like what was going on with you um, every time it popped back up. So it was a little distracting, um, but I revisited the movie today um, and the vibes were a lot more clear between um, Annabelle and, and Mr. Lauren from the beginning. They, they don't like each other um, is what I gathered. It, did you guys get that sense? I also didn't like at first, when I first watched it with y'all, um, I was overwhelmed by the stimuli of having to talk to you via text and also watch <laughs> at the same time. So I was like, how does one watch and type at once? You We're can't, you can't, practice. you can't. <laughs> like, it's not possible to look at a screen and type at the same time. Um, that said, I was like, oh, they have such playful, slightly <laughs> hate, hate oriented flirting when I first watched it. And then I rewatched it this morning and I was like, no, it's unadulterated loathing. Um, that is very plain for anyone to see an abusive relationship. Some might say, um, mm-hmm. I should go to my therapist. Cause I thought it was very sexy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, parts of it are, but I, I did were. not like when he shook up the champagne and then pointed it at her. And then he even makes a joke, like playboy kills wife with champagne cork. And I was just like, okay, don't be a little bitch. Like he's such a yeah. hater. I don't know. That sounds like foreplay to me. So oh again, something I should bring up in therapy. <laughs> you did like the hair pull. You you very much mentioned that as we were watching. I did. The hair pull is not for me, but not I, for me. I can see the appeal. Um, very much was for me. Mad because he was yanking on her beautiful fifties hairdo. Um, as someone who has tried to replicate that exact hair look many many times and failed. Um, it was stunning to see it in such beautiful, you know, form. Uh, but when he yanked on it, I was like, you don't touch the hair. She spent hours on that. How dare you? <laughs> and also don't hurt her. That's don't, sure, don't sure, hurt sure, her. Sure. <laughs> Vintage hair did take a lot, like a lot of effort to it get takes- through such a long time. I have these like rollers, the rollers take forever. And then it has to set. That takes forever. You got to plan a full like 12 hours in advance if you want to look good in that way. And it's hard. And also my hair is shitty. So it gets all clunked up at the bottom and it never looks like hers. So what the hell? (laughs) Tragic. So many people are like, oh God, I was born in the wrong decade and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I don't like to like blow dry my hair. Could I, I would kill myself if I had to like 
set my hair like for hours. I'd be like, no, it looked great though. And like yeah. the, men's, the men's hair all like style, yeah. like slicked back. Like everybody just looks so good in this extremely bisexual movie. Oh, it's so bisexual. Oh my God. But I just like, I love how it opens. Like I know we already talked about the disembodied heads, but it's literally like you get, <laughs> what's his name? Watson Pritchard, right from the get-go, who has the saddest little boy face I've ever seen. He's not a little boy. He is an adult, older man. Um, but he looks so pouty. Even in his IMDb photo, the actor's name is Alicia Cook Jr., which, like, we love a male Alicia. That's very amazing to me and exciting. Um, he looks super sad. Like, <laughs> he looks super, super sad in his little hat. He's like, oh, no, the eyebrows are furrowed. But why wouldn't they be furrowed? Because his brother and his brother's wife were murdered in this house on the haunted hill okay um and so he's very upset about it he knows all about ghosts and we need someone who knows about ghosts uh it helps that he's also a maybe a raging alcoholic so that adds some spice to his ghost stories <laughs> he actually is super interesting though um and you're right he does look very boyish which is why when we were watching I was like if we remade this movie again again because it's been remade one billion times um but if we did a new one like <laughs> the Michael J Fox young boyish face would be perfect but then I was also thinking William H Macy from Shameless would do great um oh 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 wait oh. wait he looks exactly like William H Macy yeah William H Macy would kill it um but that's crazy. What was I saying? I was saying, oh, why is he there other than he owns the house? You know what I mean? I think it's, they talk about it in the beginning. Um, While we're at the beginning, they do like the, he does his whole little, this house is haunted. So many people have died here. I wrote down that whole quote, but I'm not going to read it. Um, And then Mr. Lauren, 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 I don't know. Um, He does his own little intro, Um, the second disembodied head. And then he also intros everybody as they're like driving up in their funeral oh, I cars. I loved that part. Also, when they when he announced that everyone was rolling up in a fucking like hearse like funeral car out car, I was like, Sydney would do that. If Sydney was throwing a big crazy party and she could do that, she would do that. She'd be like, Yeah, you have to show up in a fucking hearse. Let's go. <laughs> I even in the thing, I was like, yo, this is exactly how I would want to have a party. Hi, <laughs> my my dream. I've always wanted a hearse. Always. Like I begged my parents to hearse. get me one when I was like learning how to drive as like a first car, you know? And so my dream is to find like a vintage one at some point and mm -hmm. take my kids to school in it and like Ooh. be in like the carpool line and like my kids get out of like the back of the hearse. They get out of the Would back, you like it? you just like a, a a whole fucking coffin like comes out the back and it opens <laughs> and your kids are like Listen, rise you know? up like the Adams family. <laughs> yeah, We're here for the dramatics. Okay, <laughs> my future non-existent child is gonna be here for my antics. Your non-existent future child is well, a weird way to phrase it is going to be Wednesday Adams, but like uh spicier if possible. <laughs> You want to have a lot. I'm sure at least one will be spooky. I do. One, has one will rise up. 
out of the coffin. Yeah. I mean, as far as this book, I mean, this movie goes like right off the bat, I was so into this because it just gives you immediate. And then there were none Agatha Christie vibes like mm, Sydney. I which didn't are know the best vibes. Oh, yes. I'm freaking obsessed with Agatha Christie. I'm sitting next to you. Oh, wait. Oh my God. Oh, never mind. Never mind. It's not the right book. I thought I was sitting next to my copy of The Haunting of the Hill House, but it's We Have Always Lived in the Castle, which is different and also spooky. Oh. But I have Agatha Christie books next to me at all times while recording. I love her so much. And then There Were None is my favorite one I've read so far. It's one uh, of my favorite books ever. It's so good. I made my book club read it and they are scaredy bitches. They can't even listen to the pod and haters. Uh, but I made the haters. The um, and this this setup is really similar to that. Um, not in the way that it, it ends up and you should read it. I'm no, I would never spoil that book for you. Um, but the fact that like it's all these people who don't know each other and they don't know the person that invited them to the house and they're there to like, you know, get something um, from being it's there. Very it's very clue. Yeah, totally. I mean, Clue definitely took is up- playing on this film for sure. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I mean, even down to the chandelier thing. Yeah. Are you kidding me? I was like, okay, Clue, we're on to you now. We're getting like setting a clue. it when they did. And there's a moment in this movie where Lance grabs like two candles out of the candlestick, and that felt like Clue adjacent to me since yeah. the candlestick is such a big like plot point. The revolvers, you know what I mean? When did like Clue the news? come out? Um, Probably also the 50s. I feel like Clue took this movie and then like injected it straight to the vein with cocaine and just went like <laughs> extra camp. You know what I mean? The Clue board game came out in 1949. Ah, okay. All right. All right. I was going to say they plagiarized this movie to create the board game. <laughs> game which then became the film but that's not true (laughs) um but yeah this movie at first I was not like totally figuring out what was going on because I couldn't understand the level of camp but it is very full fully camp it's just in black and white so you know it's a little confusing for a modern brain to understand and also (laughs) Sydney insisted that we watch it in black and white and she was correct Yes. Yeah. This movie has to be watched in black and white. Although I have seen the colorized version and I just need everybody to know that the incredible like power suit that Annabelle Lauren is wearing is purple and gold. Wow. So it's a gold, it's like a purple suit with like a shiny gold top underneath it. Exactly. I'm like, (laughs) she absolutely played. Damn, other than that, no cute. other reason to watch the color ed version. Like this movie, like has to be done in black and white. It's just man. Like I was mad when I watched it in color. I was mad, so mad. It just adds that extra little bit of spookiness to it, I think. And I just don't watch that many black and white movies, so it's kind of novel experience. Um, but yeah, I this movie right off the bat, like. You're figuring out that Dr. Lauren is a doctor, Mr. Master, Meister. Mr. The doctor is uh, David Trent. Yes. Okay. Mr. Lauren is like, okay, I haven't watched nearly enough Vincent Price shit, but he's fucking unreal. 
like absolutely incredible. He's so spooky. His mustache is so spooky, like mm-hmm. everything about him. And like also Tim Curry wants what he has, frankly, but also Tim Curry has how dare you say everything. That? But yes. Also, yeah. you're right. You're also right. But don't speak ill of my man. OK, just mm-hmm. to be clear. <laughs> Um, but I, <laughs> something I read in one of the articles, um, is there's so many fun, like odes and like, just like lovey dovey articles about this movie. Like people are just like, this is the best. It makes me so happy. This is my comfort movie. Like this is like Halloween is this movie to me. Like, like I have to watch it every Halloween. Cause it just brings me so much joy. Um, but something that they talked about was um, like the way they did the cinematography in this movie. It actually makes it like still very scary. Like it's not scary in the way that a modern film is, but it's super unsettling. Like they do, they play with like anticipation a lot. Um, And so it's like, there's not like so many jump scares. There are some, Um, but it's more like the space between them that really gets you. Like this, this quote that I read from one of the articles I've linked in the references says, as the panning shots take in the room and, and the increasing feeling of dread, it also takes in the environments, the doors closing, candles going out, going out or dimming, yet nothing jumps out. Rather, the panning presents the tension and crafts the expectation. It's the terror that we expect there to be at the end of the pan, but whatever it is, it's not there. And for a moment, there's relief yet a heightened scent of anxiety is left with you. And I was like, wow, yes, exactly. Because there's so many, like they, they're they just excited about their set. They're like, look at every little thing that we put in this set. Here's a long panning shot through it all. You've got to the corner. There's no ghost there. Like when the ghost does actually pop out, it's like so unexpected because they, Nora and Lance have been staring, like looking everywhere to find this ghost. Um who turns out not to be a ghost Um, (laughs) in this like completely barren room. Like what was the deal with that room in the basement? That was just had not one single thing in it at all. The basement was like the place where one of the previous owners made wine. So I'm assuming it was probably like an old wine cellar or storage room. But I love that they like somebody points out they're like, why are there so many doors in this room? And then later it's just so all the doors can like creepishly creak shut and be very spooky. And I'm like, love this, love this. <laughs> but that oh. scene is so great when they have the candles because the lighting is really wonderful in it too. Like yeah. they do these like lighting tricks using the camera's movement and like from towards and away from the actors. Um, oh, and, the and so like the yeah. light just from their candle, like, making their shadow really, really big or really, really small. I thought that part was great. Um, But they also just use like so many gimmicks. Like it was, I think, a scary movie on its own at the time, especially just like, you know, conventions of the day were different um, and technology was different, but they did a lot of gimmicks. Um, And I first encountered this term on IMDb trivia and I was like, I don't know what that is. Um, but it's called, I think, Emergo. Um, Emergo. Oh, I saw perhaps. that and I was like, what the hell does that mean? Continue. Yeah. Because um, the first mention I saw said, some of the Emergo equipment still exists. It has been resurrected for use during special showings of the film. And I was like, okay. Um, but what it is, 
is that like when you went to see the movie in theater, not only does it open with that scream and the pitch black screen, which is not necessarily super effective when you're watching at home on your TV. I still freaked out. (laughs) It still will startle you if you don't know it's coming, but Sydney mentioned it and I was like trying to figure out if I was watching the color version or not. Um, So it didn't really catch me by surprise. Um, But then when I was reading articles and IMDb trivia it was like yeah but imagine you're in a pitch dark movie theater it's a big screen the scream comes out of nowhere like yeah that would be terrifying yeah um, the atmosphere being set in such a way um but what emergo emergo is is they had basically like boxes up front by the screen in the theater and they had little skeletons in there and then when the skeleton comes out in the movie they like fly a skeleton over the audience and then no! pulled back in the movie oh, they yeah. like reel the skeleton back in over the audience me? i have, need like, that to happen in the movie theater for me <laughs> yes and they did they did a bunch of stuff like that like they also had like buzzers under seats and they were doing like a real like 3d kind of style do you know the, the the shrek 4d yes. like ride at universal that's exactly yes. the vibe that they were going for they said we want what shrek has that's so funny wait okay wasn't didn't william castle also do 13 ghosts the original one and wasn't there another super yes. innovative um, thing with that? We just did this yeah, episode two glasses. months ago. I forgot. Yeah, it was the glasses. The glasses. You could only see the ghosts when you were wearing the glasses. William mm-hmm. Castle. William Castle. I want to give him a little Creative kiss. brain. What a genius. That's amazing. Wow. Oh, a true a, talent. Apparently, um, he also hired on-site nurses in case an audience member quote died of fright so like they were doing all kinds of and like some of the ads featured the decapitated heads from the movie and so they got like pulled basically for being too gross and so they were like our ads are so scary we can't even run them like they really leaned into the marketing of it all which seems really fun people should do that more again now what was that movie just a few years ago where it was like they did the blood drive and stuff like that. Like, I feel like we're not getting good good gimmicks on as part of the theater going experience as much these days. I just think that is a very fun thing and they should I bring agree. back having fun. I <laughs> bring back fun in 2022. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I'm, I'm totally with you. I, I thought you meant like uh, innovative, like marketing stuff too. Um, and the only thing that came to mind when you were talking about the, the masks, like, oh, our ads were pulled. And then they use that as an ad is I was thinking of Gossip Girl. Yeah, the Gossip Girl the negative scandal. quotes as the taglines. It all comes girl. back to Gossip Girl. It always comes back to Gossip Girl. Uh, <laughs> But I mean, as far as marketing wise, though, the one that also did that incredible, in, innovative and immersive marketing was Blair Witch, as we all know. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. went on an hour that long rant about that. Incredible marketing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but OK, before I forget to say this, I just want to say it because um, if you haven't watched this movie and you're somehow listening this much to the pod, this much to this episode, um, which is fine. It has been out for 10,000 years. Um, this movie is Cassandra Peterson, a.k.a. Elvira's 
favorite horror movie, according to an interview with Larry King. Okay. And why would she lie to Larry King? Our girl. Isn't mm-hmm. that incredible? But, yeah. I mean, if it's Elvira's favorite and it inspired Alfred Hitchcock to make Psycho, um, you really can't say a single bad thing about this film. Like, what are you going to say? What are you going to say? If you say something bad about it, you're going to sound dumb. Here's the thing about this Sorry. film is it's not scary anymore. Um, I, I said something to y'all. I was like, this is a movie that I would let my children watch. And y'all were like, oh, I don't know. There's a hanging in it. I was like, eh, it, that's fine. It's fine. Um, <laughs> it's fine. They probably see worse things on the news nowadays, you know? Oh, <laughs> sure. Um, but again, like this is a very like family friendly, like fun, like horror movie that like you could watch with maybe not like super young, but like with like your kids. Yeah, no, I totally agree. It's fun for the whole family. I mean, and it gives you great ideas for your kids next party. Why not hand out coffin shaped boxes with revolvers inside? That's a great party favor. People will love that. That is a great party favor. And I'm in (laughs) Alabama. So like, it's a very reasonable party. You idea. get a gun and you and get you a gun. Get a and gun. You get a great gun. reminder if you give them in coffins. You know what I mean? Like you're having oh, your gun, but poignant. you're also making your statement. Wow. Yeah. Too true. Too true. <laughs> I did really love that aspect of it though. Like that, that really upped the ante. So like the whole idea, I guess, is that like Mr. Lauren said that like you had until 12 to decide if you wanted to stay. Um, and a bunch of fucking spooky shit was happening overnight or, or like in the hours preceding 12. So like you had a lot of chances to be super scared and be like, fuck it. It's not worth $10,000. I'm going to get gone. Um, but then right when Nora, our girl, who is such a little cutie patootie, she is not Mrs. Lauren. She's the other woman who is not the other other woman. There are three women. Oh, my God. There's Ruth, Nora, Annabelle, Nora, Annabelle. What's the other one's name? Ruth. Ruth. Who, you know, Ruth is, serves no purpose. She's just there to get blood dripped on her, which is honestly the only real spooky thing that happens. Right. And that needs to be discussed at some point. Well, there's a couple other spooky things that happen that like, that happen and then are like never brought up again. Like the blood happens that's what I'm talking about yeah and then it happens again but like Uh nothing ever comes of it and then uh we learn at the beginning that uh Watson the guy that owns the house Watson Pritchard his brother and wife and sister-in-law were like his brother's wife murdered his brother and her own sister so his sister-in-law did the murdering of her sister and her husband very confusing very confusing but like (laughs) they chopped up the body and they were like we found hands and feet and legs but like we've never found the heads and then later in the movie like the heads are in the box and they like show them the heads and then they're never discussed ever again <laughs> well they are discussed again actually because um dr david trent spoilers spoilers if this is your moment and you're like wait i want to watch and i don't know what happens yet dip out here um but if you proceed then you either already know or will be glad to know um that if you don't know you're about to know 
yeah, there's been a ruse all along um, because Mr. Lauren threw this party for his wife, Annabelle. Um, and she's like, I don't want to go. And he's like, it's your party. And she's like, it was my party until you invited all these strangers. Like they really emphasize that there are strangers, but then it is revealed that Annabelle actually was like planting seeds all along. Cause she and Dr. David Trent, the psychiatrist were working together. And like, at one point near the end, they discuss a bunch of the spooky stuff and go like, oh yes, like the the heads scared Nora for sure or whatever they say like so yeah, they no, seemingly was... take credit for the heads uh-huh. but I don't know if they mentioned the blood but to me the blood at least is like spooky on its own because it drips only on Ruth's hand and only when her hand is right under it it's not like dripping any other time so that that timing of that is very like ghostly spooky paranormal to me there's something there I feel like the house is actually haunted I think it's actually haunted, but there's also a bunch of fucks in there <laughs> doing fuckboy shit, you know? Sure, sure, sure. I definitely agree that the house is haunted. It is too, well, because we also learned, this is a great thing. Uh, we talked about the basement and all the weird empty rooms and how it was a wine, like, cellar or the, like, one of the like owners used to make wine. wine there. Yeah. Um, but he turned his like wine vat into a vat of acid that is still in the house. Cause like, why not? Just and bubbling away. Wouldn't that like dissolve? Does it literally only dissolve flesh? Like, how does that work? Is that real? I should have Googled, Googled that. I should have Googled. Googled that. <laughs> I have watched Breaking Bad and I know that they use some sort of chemical or acid to dissolve a body at one point, but in like a big, rubber tub so it doesn't dissolve the rubber tub so presumably there are some materials that would be impervious yeah and then there's that part where they it's definitely not porcelain because they did it in the bathtub and then it dissolved the whole bathtub that whole it probably Mm -hmm. only like dissolves organic materials Mm. so like yeah flesh and all but that kind of bones. stuff. Flesh and hair. They definitely say for sure in this movie. Yeah. And the bones kept rising to the surface. And oh what I love about that is that the skeletons all stay fully combobulated and attached to each other still. It also does not dissolve cartilage, so it seems. So all of the bones can still stick together, which is not how it would work. Uh, but we like it. Uh, but what's I'll- incredible is we get the best scene ever where oh, they yeah. just happen to find a dead rat and they it's Mr. Pritchard's house he says oh I know where the dead rats are don't worry you guys don't worry I was saving this for a demo and he throws like the dead rat in the vat one it makes a way big splash and gets and nobody on, jumps away and nobody does anything hilarious uh, oh but then God. like the rat skeleton is the star <laughs> of the entire movie yeah yeah yeah, yeah that- for sure if I start a band, it's going to be called Rat Skeleton. Rat like Skeleton. Uh, but I'll one of the band. Ooh, one of the things wait. it could be like it could be like uh what is it like Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros like Rat Skeleton and the Vat of Acid or something like that. I feel <gasps> like that's fun. Like actually and a also, great name for a band. Yeah. No one steal that. Nobody I that used to sing. A trademark TM for a rotating cast of characters as well. Because you know yeah. Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Sears has like 40 people. Yeah. I want that full orchestra. Incredible. 
for rat skeleton, rat skeleton and the bat of acid <laughs> rat skeleton and the bat of acid stunning gorgeous oh wow um mm. but also another fun fact is all of the skeletons used in this movie were real skeletons even the rat i think so yeah I think all like the skeletons yeah. were real skeletons because it was easier than getting like prop skeletons at the time. That's what IMDb trivia said. <laughs> That's what IMDb <laughs> trivia said about the human skeleton for sure, which weirds me out because um, I don't like that those are just real bones that are in like sixth grade science classrooms. You know what I mean? That, As somebody that who makes loves me feel bones, strange. I've been desperately searching for like a real human bone like complete skeleton like that but they're too out like I'm in the wrong tax bracket to own mm. one they're really like expensive. They're, they're so expensive it's like yeah, 10 okay. grand wow and like who could have I, guessed I just I feel don't like I heard my science have... teacher talking about this one time in high school so <laughs> they have to be like donated to you essentially because they're so pricey you know it is yeah, a like, human body I keep, I keep trying to convince my loved ones in their will that they, Uh that I want their skulls. Like I want them to leave me their skulls so I can, uh, display it on like a shelf with like labels and like, just have it Mm -hmm. (laughs) right upon your death. I would like you to bequeath me your skull, (laughs) please. And thank you. I need you to decapitate yourself. Or get someone to do it, probably. That's more realistic. They'll do it. And then, I don't know, wait it out. No, drop the skull into a vat of acid <laughs> to get um, all the skin off and then give it to me. They let they let beetles eat the skull and bones. That's mostly how it's done. Ooh, pleasant. Wowie. I've also been looking into <laughs> seeing if I can go apprentice at like a taxidermy place around here. I want you know. that for you because I want Thank more you. taxidermy in my life and I'd like it better if you made it. Thank you. So I know where it comes from. Um, that said, I really relate to you about that because I was the bitch who stayed super late on every single dissection day in science class. So I could continue dissecting more. Um, And I don't think that that's weird. I think it's fine. My science teachers were not alarmed at the least. They were excited about my vivacious desire to learn. Um, But yeah, I stayed after class for as long as they'd let me with the sheep's brain. That shit was nuts. I loved Oh my God, I wish you guys could see Chelsea's face right now. It was so fun. <laughs> I never did one. I mean, we dissected like owl pellets in the Boy Scouts, um, of which I was not one, but I was a little hanger on, a little Boy Scout accessory. Um, but but I never, frogs, fetal pigs, whatever, never happened for me. I never got to do the fetal pig and I'm honestly like super upset about it to this day. There's no avenue for an adult to dissect a fetal pig without it being illegal. Um you could so, become the science teacher. We did a fetal. I'm honestly jealous of your sheep brain. We did the fetal pig oh, and a the cat, cat might have freaked me out. Anyway, taxidermy. We anyway, love it. We're going to move on. I'm sorry. Here, I'm going to switch. Rat, rat, rat skeleton. <laughs> Performing live. Um, send, send us <laughs> lyric ideas. Okay, thanks. Anyway. Um, something I want to talk about because I was so excited about it is the actual setting for this, uh, for this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, 
It is supposed to be the house on Haunted Hill. But what is that house on that Haunted Hill? Well, it's the Ennis house, which is in Los Feliz, which I could like probably walk there. It would take me a long time because it's way up a hill. But it's very, very, very close to my house. I'm going to drag Chelsea there shortly. So the Ennis house is one of the most iconic Frank Lloyd Wright houses. Um, It's super gorgeous. It has this like Mayan style. Um, This is like a little bio of it. The Ennis house, a veritable Hollywood icon with over 80 screen appearances, is the last and largest of Wright's four Los Angeles area textile blocks houses. One of the other ones is the Hollyhock House, and it's at a park that's really close to where I live as well, um, and it's super, super sick. But this house has been in so many movies. This is one of the most iconic ones, um, but it was also in Blade Runner in 1982, so that's where it got like really, really famous. It was also in a 75 film called The Day of the Locust, which I'd love oh. to see. <laughs> um and oh it was also in a movie called female that came out in 1933 which sounds interesting the best thing that i've seen on here is that it was the the mansion that was occupied by angelus spike and drusilla in the television series buffy the vampire slayer oh very fun amazing um and it's also in the karate kid part three what important (laughs) important to be in the karate kid part three Deeply important, deeply important, but it's in countless, countless things. Oh, it was in Westworld. Yeah, it does in Westworld. Oh my God. Yeah. It's the house in Westworld, I think in season two, Mm. where it's like flashes into like present day or something like that. And it's in that house anyway, but it's a really, really iconic locale and it's got such an incredible look to it. Uh, It's really spooky. It's really like, um, unique you know we the classic haunted house is more like a victorian style and so i love they use something so architecturally interesting for this um but you know they did not film inside of the house obvi it was a set they wouldn't be able to pull all those hijinks in a historical house such as that like they wouldn't have been uh, able to install the vat of acid i mean that's a lot of construction yeah, yes. I mean, the vat of acid, bringing in that much acid to a house this beautiful, mm-hmm. you know, it's just something that they didn't want to risk. Uh, Can't damage the <laughs> historical landmark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the only reason why. That's the mm-hmm. only reason mm-hmm. why. <laughs> um, but okay, let's talk about really quickly um, Lance, because we haven't talked about him at all. Boo! And I, feel like I have, uh, yeah mixed feelings on Lance um he is handsome I'll give him that he looks like a painting of a man in my opinion (laughs) like the uh, the average 50s man that's yeah (laughs) ultimately he's fine and he doesn't really do anything good or bad in particular I think we're supposed to ship him with Nora um and maybe he was like romantic per the norms of the time but I just get like whack vibes from him He's a little sus. He like closes the door and like locks them in the acid room immediately. Like he doesn't lock it. And like why does he close the door? And then he leans against it again. Like yeah, he like traps her in the acid room. There was just a rat dissolved in there. Like no one wants to stay around. Probably smells like shit. Yeah, Um, and he like sort of saves her from falling into the acid. But it also sort of seemed like he was like shook her as though she weren't already falling but as though he was making it seem like he was saving her you know what I mean yeah that was really Hmm. stupid 
And then I also don't like, I mean, they talk about like hysteria all the time in this movie and every time it came up, well, Sydney, what, what, what is the leading way to, to clear up a bout of hysteria in a woman? What, what should one do? A vibrator, baby. (laughs) (laughs) That was the, that was literally like the medical like how they would cure women of hysteria and they were bored. They were meant like the doctors were like, we don't want to manually do this. So they invented uh, the vibrator. That's how it was invented. (laughs) Is it scientifically sound? I don't know, but it seems like a good idea at the same time. You know what I mean? When I'm hysterical works for me. Yep. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You're freaking out and someone is like, don't worry about this. I got it. You just chill. Like you don't have okay. to do it yourself. I'm listening. Even better. You just lay there. It's great. Like that's why women the love to go to the doctor more than men. Because back in the day, they're getting vibed out at the doctor. Sounds great. Listen, <laughs> I know life expectancy was like way short back then, but like they used to just give you like cocaine and opiates and like masturbate you. And like, honestly, sounds incredible. They also fucking lobotomize people. So like there's that, the two sides. There's bad. the two sides. Here's the thing. <laughs> I've heard that that's bad. I don't yeah. know. Maybe I want to be lobotomized. Who knows? Bro, I was reading Empire of Pain, <laughs> um, which is that book about the Sackler dynasty. It's really, really good book. But like the the OG Sackler, Arthur Sackler, he like first worked in a uh, asylums, excuse me. Um, and they're, they're describing like how the lobotomy became popular. And the reason that they loved it so much is because they're like, boop, it's quick. It's done. They're docile as hell. Like they literally just could do like 30 a day. Cause they're just like bonk, 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 done. That's it. Like, that's it. Only one bonk and you're done. So like how, like that's a, brain surgery where they just like shut like just stabbed you in the brain and that was it like god I'm happy to be here in 2022 personally I can buy my own vibrator I don't need the doctor to do it (laughs) very alarming stuff very alarming stuff but anyway uh Lance well here's my question he's like trying to be helpful He's trying to help Nora, even though at first he's like, she's hysterical. She's seeing a ghost and she's not there. The ghost was actually a woman that worked at the house. Can we talk about that? Actually, let's talk about that. Actually, first, what? How was that woman walking around? <laughs> if she's a real she's, woman, she's, why she's, she's walking like that? Why is she's she clearly like on a skateboard. OK, she's literally on the first <laughs> skateboard that rollerblades on. Yeah. She's uh back uh, nobody knows this, but back in 1950s they actually had the hoverboards that small children use today for oh. one wheels. She's like, <laughs> do on the a fucking one wheel. And we already cringe. mentioned Marty McFly. I mean, it is only reasonable that the reason Mr. Pritchard looks like Michael J. Fox is because actually the hoverboards from Back to the Future started in this movie. Yeah, I mean, they went back from the future to the past and they gave that old lady a hoverboard. That feels like it tracks with the plots of the Back to the Future movies. Yeah, scans scans for me. Um, It's just super unfortunate that like this couple, like they're playing on the, the, 
the people who are pulling the hijinks, who are pulling the strings, literally, um, for all of these spooks and scares are banking on the fact that like the caretakers of this house are just like pretty curmudgeonly looking. And it's so <laughs> unfortunate. <laughs> just like, yeah, y'all are just living your lives, but you look fucking terrifying. So we're going to use that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I wonder if they like teased her hair on purpose. Maybe I think um, I get the impression that the caretakers were told that they were playing a fun little spooky prank of some kind um because again when david and annabelle are like going over their plan later basically they say something like we hope they don't talk as as if to say like we hope they don't connect that with the murder we're gonna orchestrate um and also they say like they were gonna disguise her fake suicide as just like another prank and say like it was a dummy that they used all along Um, although I'm not sure how they were going to pull that off because why would the doctor not have said something at the time if he could tell it was a dummy anyway? Um, (laughs) but, but yeah, I think they were just like, would you like to do something spooky and fun with us? It's my birthday. Um, and I think that's a compelling pitch for anybody. You know what I mean? So I'm imagining bitches. I love them. Yeah. They're doing like some extra costuming. They're like helping them lean into the vibes. They love a good prank, okay? As <laughs> like do we. Chelsea, yeah. Like Chelsea, they love a prank. They uh-huh, love uh-huh. a prank. It's super relatable. Um, but okay, what I was gonna say about Lance is like, where does he go in that wall? You know, remember when he goes in the wall and then he's gone for like 20 minutes of the movie and then they just get him out of the wall and no one says anything about his time in the wall. (laughs) There's no discussion of his wall time. He doesn't talk about it. Like what horrors lie and wait for him behind the wall? We'll never know. These questions haunt me at night. (laughs) Um, I want to, one of the things that I want to know is where did they get the spooky hand from? Did they make it? Did mm, they? Were they crafting? the spooky hand? With Nora, oh. when it like is coming to grab her mouth after, oh. after when she's up in her room and then there's the whole window thing. How did they make the rope slither also is a good question. Yes. Yeah. There are a lot of questions that I have. Okay. So one glaring thing that we have not discussed is that um, our, main lady i've forgotten her name again annabelle annabelle aubrey was what i was gonna say that feels right annabelle um after saying something very sus i thought kind of gave away the game she was like i'm not gonna need this revolver so she gives the revolver back to her husband that she hates so much and then immediately apparently hangs herself um at the party which is something that no one was expecting certainly not me especially after her having a very sexy discussion with two of our main characters um but i want to know how does she float outside the window of Nora's bedroom later on how that's like a big part of it where they make Nora like go fucking nuts I would too if this hot woman who was just flirting with me in my bedroom mere hours ago is one I just saw her dead body and two now she's a spooky ghost floating outside of my bedroom trying to lure me still sexy lure me with the same rope she used to kill herself um Hum, she must have been feeling a lot of feelings, poor Nora. 
What I loved about Nora and whatever that actress's name, her performance is she would always like stop, really think about what was happening, process it, and then do a blood curling scream. But it really came after she'd been Mm -hmm. like, what's going on in here? This is scary. I'm afraid. Ah!" Like it really was later. It really was (laughs) later. She saw her go through all of the thoughts. Yeah, you could really see it on her face. Gorgeous performance. incredible performance biggest eyes in the game perfect like one of the og scream queens we love her iconic yeah yeah but yeah i mean there is a lot going on in that moment um actually i think when we first see that annabelle has quote unquote killed herself was really great um because it's after we're already getting hints that like nora is hysterical nora is experiencing hysteria nora has run out of the room where we told her to stay and hide um and then lance sees that you like hear a scream and then you hear it like choking off gurgling a little bit and he runs over and you just see the bottom half of her body and the way they did the reveal where it's like Dr. David Trent comes down he's like we gotta get the body down they carry the body into the other room they lay the body on the bed and it's only when Mr. Lauren walks in that it's like you see her face and it's Annabelle all along like I no one saw that coming a twist um but yeah I love Agnes all along did you do that on purpose Agatha, oh, Agatha, Agnes. I don't know Agnes, anyone. Agnes was her like name in the neighborhood, and then it was like revealed that her real name was Agatha. So it was both. You're right. Okay. All right. All right. You nailed Thank it. You. you killed Thank it. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, I loved that. Um, when when Nora is upstairs in her bedroom or a bedroom, but I think hers. Um, and Annabelle. Presumably, they have a crane. It's the only real thing that can work they they've hoisted her up a structure yeah um and they have fed some sort of wire or puppet strings or something into the rope itself so that it can coil around Nora's feet that truly is a feat of engineering maybe um some sort of women in STEM I don't know um but that part was so great and then she's just like outside being spooky and then Nora like that's when the hand comes in to grab Nora's face that Sydney was just talking about it's like um, a werewolf hand yeah it's like a werewolf hand and then she runs downstairs inexplicably a werewolf hand one of the people who died in the house was a werewolf gorgeous amazing there were seven any one of them could have been a werewolf um but then she runs downstairs and she sees Annabelle hanging again but in a new location and even spookier than last time with her eyes all popping out scary very scary very scary i do want to give some shine to the reveal that uh annabelle and the doctor are have been in on this from the get-go um because i did not know about that like hanging corset that you could wear and (laughs) that was really cool um and also she looked really hot in it and gave me ren fair vibes um Mm -hmm. so i liked it all around vibes don't understand how it works but I support it I guess (laughs) yeah I think um what was so interesting was on the rewatch um they they kind of hint earlier on like there's a moment when everybody's down in I don't know the parlor or whatever um and they're all talking about stuff like right after they whip out the guns 
And Annabelle and Dr. Trent are basically saying in the open what's going on because nobody else has enough context to like pick up on it. But she says something like fear makes people do amazing things because they're it's right after Nora was already scared by uh, Jonas Slide's wife or whatever their names are, um, mm-hmm. the spooky lady caretaker and and Ruth or somebody is like, if she'd been scared and she'd had a gun, can you imagine? Um and then they basically say, yes, that's our plan. You'll see in 20 minutes. Um, and then we wow. do. We do see in 20 minutes. Yeah, because it's a short movie. Is it, <laughs> it's a tight turnaround. Tight. One hour, 14 minutes. Love a good. Well, it's a B movie. So it was the, you know, the second movie played. So it's got to be a shorty. And honestly, mm-hmm. I wish it was a little longer there. Again, I would like more backstory a little bit you know because the ending is a little like what (laughs) like it's over (laughs) like like (laughs) but okay I mean let's talk about the ending because it's absolutely gorgeous you're like oh they finally got it all figured out they've sent Nora down Nora thinks that Dr. Loren or Dr. Loren, Mr. Loren has strangled her, but it was actually the doctor. Um, And so she's all scared of him and she's got a gun and they're in the basement. The basement is scary. And I knew things were going to go wrong when Annabelle was like, oh, doctor, you should be there when the death occurs. I was like, he's going to get shot instead. I was wrong. Um, But either way, um, Lauren gets shot and there's a kerfuffle and Nora runs away. And then this is my question. What, why did the doctor put his body in the acid? Why would that be the thing to do? Cause was that, that's what he was trying to do. He's trying to yeah. pick up Lauren and drag him into the acid, but their whole idea for this mm-hmm. whole plan is that Nora is supposed to have shot him. So like, why, why would they want to, dissolve the body like that's their alibi yeah why go why? through the trouble of framing somebody not not even just framing somebody else orchestrating somebody else actually committing Killing. the murder yeah. if you are going to then destroy the evidence it just feels like um dr Dumb. trent is stupid and yeah. maybe he is maybe he's stupid maybe that's it or maybe like they're like oh we have this vat of acid here we got to well, it's back. kind of a plot hole we for not using it, it. yeah <laughs> um but then the lights cut out you do, you hear a kaplop and a uh, kind of sound <laughs> a guttural male uh, um and you don't know who's plopped into the acid and likely dissolved um like the rat um and then we get the coolest dumbest death i have ever seen in my life to end this movie Annabelle comes it's out cinematic. It's a cinematic masterpiece. Is yes. that the word? Yeah. Yes. You yeah. Got it. I was like, yeah. why is my brain not? Yeah. It, it was it. cinematic. It's stunning. But okay, I mean, I guess that I would also have a crazy reaction if I came down to find my lover after recently orchestrating the murder of my husband and hopefully being excited to inherit millions upon millions of dollars. Um, you know, I would be shocked if all of a sudden a skeleton rises into the sky from the vat of acid and comes towards me but like why back away towards the vat of acid like I just 
it was so frustrating to me. I was screaming at the screen. Could you see mm-hmm. that from my video chat while we were watching it? <laughs> saying don't go don't turn your back on the acid bitch because I really wanted her to win I wanted her to win um she's sexy and I wanted her to get away with murder and all the money I'm sorry I'll say it though I wanted Vincent Price to die I wanted that too I didn't like that he pulled her hair I think hair pulling if non-consensual is mean and bad yeah so fuck him but I mean this I was so confused. I was like, how is this skeleton rising up? Like, wow, it really is haunted. It really got me. Except I was like, ha ha, how funny. <laughs> you can I see. can see all the wires. <laughs> I was like, this really is a B movie. Like, that's you know, the production was almost there. No, it was intentional. Oh, it's the wires Lauren are so good. It's so good. Yes, that's and- the answer for the lady earlier. Like maybe she really was just on like a little dolly or something that they were dragging along. If they were all in on the prank and the husband was presumably down there too because he bonked, what's his face? Lance on the head. Yeah. Oh yeah. It had to have been Lance doing it. Or not Lance, the, the husband doing that. Interesting. We're figuring anyway. it all out. But I mean, they'll reveal that it's Mr. Loren with the craziest puppeteering mechanism strapped to his entire body who's made so this happen. Like literally the skeleton pushes Annabelle into the, the vat of acid. Like the skeleton is like boop and she just goes down. But there's a weird pause where like, I was like, did you get the cue wrong? Were you waiting for the director to say now fall? You know, cause there's like a weird little pause right before she goes in. Um, but I like it uh and 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 then i like that she was wearing such a sexy little negligee that whole scene for no real oh good reason God. other than to be a hot bitch so good for her well she like changed into the negligee to like die <laughs> for, yeah, for the basically. part where she like fake hangs herself she had like been in that other outfit and then changed into the negligee and then it was like oh. in the fake hanging in the negligee i think it might be because it has a high neckline and it covers up the mm. thingy thing. You'd Either think way, you'd sexy. see her hanging harness, though, when all she's wearing is, like, a see-through robe and undies, though. Hmm. Movie that magic. must have been what she had on underneath. Movie magic. <laughs> movie magic is so beautiful and wonderful and inspiring. Yeah. And then this movie, like, it's the most epic ending. And then everyone comes down. They're like, what the fuck happened? And he was like, they were trying to kill me all along. So I killed them. The end. He's like, <laughs> I'll let justice decide. And it's like, baby, you've got a whole fake skeleton set up here. Like, you can't now pretend like she just fell in and you wrestled the other guy for your life. Like, clearly you did some plotting. This is premeditated murder on his side, too. And him 100%. Being like, don't worry, Nora. I put blanks in your gun. Again, premeditated. And you just admitted it to everybody. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. It's like tap, tap, no trade backs. It's just like, he's like trying to use some sort of weird rules. Like, no, no, no. She was trying to kill me. Um, but I said jinx and I killed her. And so it goes back to her and she's the one who's in trouble. Like that's it's how like, it makes sense. And <laughs> I'm rubber you. and your glue situation. So yeah. she made an attempt, but it bounced right off of me. And then it stuck to her. But she's the one who is in she's that. glue. Yeah, she's glue. She was trying to kill me first. So when I premeditatedly planned for months and months and months to kill her, 
it was just like to match her energy, you know? <laughs> oh, okay, so that's House on Haunted Hill. The question we have to ask is, how could it be gayer? Um, when we were watching the second, the second that Annabelle second. and Nora were in the same room together, we were all immediately like, this is so gay. gay. This is gay. so gay. And then they close talking. Faces, so intense. Oh, yeah. And for I, 19, like 59, like this is gay. That's gay. Topical. It was gay. It was 100% gay. Annabelle is also like way taller than Nora. So I was getting the big woman vibes that I talked about incessantly on the Bedazzle episode. So I really liked that. Um, and she was wearing her like sexy little outfit. My God, it was amazing. I want to rewatch that part. Oh, yeah. God. I mean, she can be a bisexual I mean bisexual she certainly can um and I love that for her but I also feel like she does not give one shit about Dr. David Trent she just was also using him to kill yeah. her husband which is why she was like I actually don't need to be involved in the shooting part and I don't need to be downstairs in the basement but you should go down there to make sure it's happening yeah she was I, I agree with you I didn't escape. feel a lot of chemistry between them meanwhile I felt hot fireworks exploding when I saw her with Nora so you know yeah although no doubt Mr. Lauren was being like my wife is hysteric and she's crazy send her to the hospital um and Dr. David Trent was jerking her off <laughs> so I mean maybe there is something there and that's where love bloomed <laughs> also I like uh I was reading this article about famous bisexual people okay. and Vincent Price is like listed <gasps> as one Ooh. of these people and he was a huge like LGBT supporter because his daughter um is a lesbian I believe she's still alive but there's a quote that says hold on um when I came out to my father. She claims that Price said, you know, I just know how you feel because I've had these deep loving relationships with men in my life and all my wives were jealous. Oh, oh my God. He said, baby, I'm homo romantic oh. as hell. I'm obsessed with him. I already was. This is my and first movie with four. him that I've ever seen. <laughs> now I will watch every single one because one, it was amazing. And two, we got to support a bi king. We have okay. to. And here's mm -hmm. the thing too. He's in the original House of Wax. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, yeah. I fucking forgot about that. Yeah, I saw. I read that in the notes. And then he's also been actually in a movie that I have seen. Um, he's like a side character in something. Ah, I'm not going to remember now, but I have seen him on screen before, but I did not know who I was viewing because I was a fool. I was but a fool, but I'm going to fix it. Don't worry, listeners. I'm going to fix it. Okay. <laughs> and one of my favorite things, like I'm a big Scooby-Doo head yeah. and in like throughout like Scooby-Doo, they have Vincent Van Gogh. Yeah. He's like this character and it's based off Vincent Price, which is just like incredible. Also in the Mike, he voices, he's like the voice of in the Michael Jackson thriller video too. Yes. Yes. Which is so iconic. And as soon as I read that, I was like, oh, of fucking course. That's amazing. He's literally so, the voice of spookiness, like the exactly. iconic voice of spookiness. Well, 
like weird fact with this one, like all the screams and stuff at the beginning of this movie is the reason why we now just have like vinyls and soundtracks of like spooky recordings for yes. people to play. And Vincent Price is the voice of the original Monster Mash. <gasps> A king. Spooky king. Uh, um, excuse me. Also, okay, another thing that I read, just we're talking about sound. The person who did the music for this movie um, was Vaughn Dexter. And he Great went name. on to do, I know, he composed the score for uh, 13 Ghosts, William Castle's 13 Ghosts, and a movie called Dr. Sardonicus, which is fun. Um, but he, like, kind of, like, not created, but, like, popularized the, like, prototypical spook- spooky movie soundtrack with, like, the otherworldly, like, moans. And the it says in this this quote, more theremin than you can shake a stick at, um, which I like Amazing. that a lot. Um, but yeah, it was like a pro- the prototype of all- that all pretty much all horror films afterwards followed. And he like re- was a huge influence on Danny Elfman and John Carpenter and a bunch of others. So super cool we that this love- is like this is horror history, baby. <laughs> Again, horror is queer, you know, mm-hmm. hands down. Horror is the genre. So this movie uh, just inherently gay. Inherently yeah. gay. Inherently gay. Inherently it really gay. is. But also... Uh. Nora and Annabelle have so much chemistry. Um, they do. And in a reboot, arguably, they should kiss. Uh-huh. Yeah, they definitely kiss in the reboot. Yeah, I think that it would be fun to have a reboot where the plan goes horribly awry because they're trying to make Nora go hysterical and kill Lauren, but instead they fall hysterically in love. Um, they're like, oh, <laughs> what are we going to do? And they have to come up with another plan fun little wrench in the in the game it's like damn this was a horrible time to find out that i'm gay but here we are <laughs> but here we are what are we gonna do with it now yeah you what are we gonna do punches. you gotta be willing um, to improvise oh totally um okay so the next question that we have all is always where would matthew lillard fit into this film and i think we have an entire recast for a reboot planned for this section, actually. Did we get to everyone or did we just think of most people? We sure didn't, but I've got ideas. Um, okay, okay. But I mean, let's do Maddie Lily first because it's an iconic placement and we already discussed it last night and finalized. And I think it's wonderful. Um, would one of you like to say it? You can say it. No, it's it, all you, baby. You oh my God. It, oh my God, me? you thank you so much the honor is all mine um but I think it's very obvious that he should play Mr. Laura like he's incredible he's iconic he's also six foot four um we know he can bring bisexual vibes because we've seen him as Stu um in Scream Mm -hmm. and also we've seen him as in some other movies bringing bisexual vibes but we haven't covered those yet on the pod um but yeah I think that is an incredible placement for him. We know he loves a little villain moment. We know he can do a great monologue. Um, and I would love to hear him deliver the line. Um, it's a pity you didn't know when you started playing your game of murder that I was playing too, or whatever he says. I think I just yes. a couple extra words in there. But yeah, that line, incredible, iconic, amazing. Maddie Lily could kill it. And I think he would be amazing, incredible, just all around as Mr. Lauren. And I think he would be so fine with the Vincent Price mustache. Mm -hmm. 
He should yeah. give it a try. He should consider oh, it. Yeah. Like literally this should happen now. Like yeah. right now. It's been, has there been a revamp? Revamp is a word that I wasn't trying to say. Anyway, has there been a revamp of this movie since the 1999 one? No, but I did actually find um, an article on Screen Rant that was like recasting House on Haunted Hill in 2021. And they had some interesting ideas. Wow. That I don't agree with all of them. But I was like, interesting that somebody else was also recasting this movie. That's so um, funny. It's, it's such a fun story that people just wanted again. But okay, mm-hmm. so we got Maddie as our, our main boy. Um, mm-hmm. And then we know who we want to be Annabelle. Yeah, I mean, I was just getting such strong Sophie Turner vibes the whole time we yes. were watching it last night. They look and I alike. Think she's amazing. They do look alike. She, I feel like, loves to be spooky. She dressed up as Morticia Adams from the Adams family for Halloween one year with her husband, Joe Jonas. Um, and they did great. And I think she could bring that same energy to this role. I also think bisexual queen to play um, Annabelle. You know what I mean? And I think she and Maddie Lilly would really have fun playing off of each other. Yeah, I think that would oh, be yeah. great. And they're, like the fact that she's the tallest woman alive, not true, but she's very tall, would go well because Maddie is still taller than her. So that works because he's got to be that tall, spooky, scary skeleton man in it. Um, right. And like the age difference works because they do that whole thing where it's like, oh, this is his fourth wife. Yeah. Wow. There's the a other huge two age difference 20s. in the original. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So it's it's perfect. Um, okay. Who else? Who did we want to be? Nora. Did we decide? Somebody said last night, Jenna Ortega, because she's such a sweet, young scream queen these days. Um, and I could see her doing that although I don't know I think we can keep brainstorming as well yeah um I don't I'm not I'm less there, but we could have her yeah but I Michael J Fox or William H Macy for Mr Pritchard for sure and then another one I thought of that I really liked is um Miles Teller should play Lance and no shade to Miles Teller don't know much about him but he gives me similar whack vibes <laughs> as Lance I support this <sighs> Do not tell Corey, one of our, a member of our spooky crew. She oh yeah, she knows that I don't into feel the Miles same way. Miles Teller, <laughs> that she does. She is allowed to like him, and I am allowed to have decided for of no course. reason whatsoever, other than maybe his performance in like Two Night Stand. Maybe I think was a movie that I watched with him, or another one, something like that, where I was just like, no, immediately no. Um, but I think <laughs> crushed it in the Taylor Swift music video though. He did. Absolutely he did crush it. Crushed. Yeah, he did. Fair, 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 um, fair. but I think he looks like the guy and I think that he could bring that same like kind of smarmy playboy-ish energy. He could, he could play a jet pilot for okay. sure. All right. Okay. Um, I weirdly said, uh, last night that I wanted, Loren to be who did no the doctor to be played by the dad from the hills have eyes what's that actor's name oh um but then I took it back but now I'm bringing him back into the fold because I want him to be the butler man because I think that Mm. that would be fun (laughs) okay I also have a butler cast and okay actor Brad Garrett who was the brother on everybody loves Raymond bitch amazing oh, wait did Chelsea not know Brad Garrett's name on site because I know Brad Garrett on site you say Brad Garrett I know why are you Brad calling Garrett. me out I wasn't even doing anything 
<laughs> well, you were like, oh, I and I was class. like, no, it's Look, okay. It's I fine. I really loved Everybody Loves Raymond. It was a staple in my household. My grandparents watched it all day, every day. <laughs> I just feel like he has like, he's six, eight. So he would have like tall, like caretaker butler vibes. That's too tall though for people to be, I think maybe. It's very tall. He should, although it doesn't look that tall on, I mean, it's very tall, but, but I liked single parent and he was cute on it. And he had like a charming romance storyline. Put him next to Shaq. That's not tall at all. There you go. Put Shaq in this I actually, I honestly don't know how tall Shaq (laughs) is. I should know. I should know. You should. Yeah. I really should Shaq height. I know his shoe was as big as my forearm. Seven oh. one, okay. Seven so one. actually, like it's not that far off from each other. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh. Yeah, I don't have any. I have other... another. I have oh, one more. Please. Okay. Okay. Um, Ruth, the older woman who blood yes. keeps dripping on. Mm-hmm. Holland Taylor. Ooh. Ooh. Love Holland Taylor. Is, also gay. Uh, Sarah Paulson's girlfriend. <gasps> oh fuck! Yeah. Uh huh. 100%. Also, yeah. she was in um, The Chair Legally on Blonde. Netflix, the Sandra O oh show. And oh, Legally yeah, Blonde. no, she's incredible. She's so fucking awesome. I just don't know right? anyone's name. Sorry, I called her Sarah Paulson's girlfriend. Sarah Paulson is actually her girlfriend. That's true. Yes, but I think Paulson's she would be incredible as Ruth and obviously give her more of a storyline. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love that. That's a really important, powerful, and gay ad. So thank you, Sydney. Thank <laughs> it's you. Hitting all the, it's hitting all the stops. Um, okay, that brings us to dumb bitch. Um, and there's a lot of dumb bitches in this, but it's still uh, Mr. Lauren for me because he's mean. Um, but he's also really smart and made a magic flying skeleton contraption. So he's really smart. It's really hard. It's really hard. It's the hardest question. I'd like to give a nomination to Mr. Pritchard, I think, because um, he owns this house. It's a haunted house and he doesn't live in it, which is like, okay, first of all, um, take advantage of your real estate. Uh, second of all, if you don't want to live in it, that's fine. Maybe nobody else is buying it, I guess. I don't know. Um, but then why is he agreeing to spend the night in there in exchange for $10,000, which by the way, we haven't said this yet, but $10,000 in 1959 is like almost a hundred thousand dollars today it's yeah on 2021 dollars on imdb trivia somebody said it was like ninety two thousand. so it is a shit ton of money um yeah i love that uh, i watched a trailer for the 1999 remake of this movie and they upped the amount of money to one million dollars and i was like each? okay i don't know if it was each i didn't like i, I didn't memorize oh, the trailer wow. but um sure. it said for one million dollars blah 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 so that's fair enough (laughs) yeah 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 um but yeah I think he does his whole disembodied head thing in the beginning being like the ghosts are moving tonight restless hungry um and then he says at the end um oh and and like I was saying earlier Mr. Lawrence says in the beginning when he's introducing everybody he says even about Mr. Pritchard like I don't really know why he's here though um, and then we never find out why he's there other than to look directly into camera at the last moment and say, now there are nine. 
There'll be more, many more. They're coming for me now, and then they will come for you, which was a very fun ending. I thought it was a very fun ending. I thought it was very Twilight Zone. Yeah. For the like narrator to walk out on camera, speak directly to audience. I like um, it. I also thought that was really, really fun in the 50s watching that. You know what I mean? I like a little fourth wall break. I think that's fun. Especially after a movie like this, where it's like, part of the whole thing and I don't know if this was the experience in the 50s or just my experience now in the the 2020s um but I kept being like is it supposed to look like a skeleton on wires or was that just the best that they could do at the time like was it supposed to look like the ghost lady was being wheeled in um or was that just the best they could do at the time and it turns out it was supposed to look like that maybe um although it could be both who knows um but who knows I'm Who with knows? you though on Pritchard. I think that it's him. Yeah. Um bitch. But but what a fun addition for them to like look into the camera. Um, but yeah, I think why are you there? If you believe that it's haunted, you really shouldn't be there unless you feel an obligation to everybody else since it's your house. I don't know. But like they hinted that he had some kind of motivation and then they never gave it to us other than to be like, he's crazy. He's drunk. Mm-hmm. I think it's so him. He's probably just him. dumb. He's the dumb bitch. He's the dumb bitch. Okay, that brings us and to also, our, our. Oh, hold yeah. on! No, no, no! Go, just shout go. out to Lance for existing. Oh yeah! Oh, so shout out to Lance. He gets shout stuck in the wall, and we'll never find out what happens back there. He never brings it up. Right. Pop something terrible. Maybe that's where the werewolf is. <laughs> Dummy. Dummy. Okay, that brings us to our knives out of five. So, what did the the people over time think of this film? It is um, pretty well received. I mean, it, well, one thing that's funny um, is on IMDb, it says it was included among the American Film Institute's 2001 list of 400 movies nominated for the top 100 most heart-pounding American movies, which is uh-huh. to say it did not make the cut for the top 100 Very most heart-pounding convoluted. American movies. Yeah, <laughs> but it was one of the top 400 Um and like we said earlier, like without this movie, you probably wouldn't have Psycho or at least you wouldn't have Psycho as it existed. Like seeing this low budget horror was what inspired Alfred Hitchcock to make his own low budget horror. Um, and also this gave us a 1999 reboot that seems like very campy and fun. It was like part of Vincent Price's oeuvre, which gives us House of Wax, 13 Ghosts, etc. Um, I just think all around very important in cinematic history. Um, mm-hmm. Gives you flying skeletons in theaters. Like what more could you ask for? Um, and it was a huge box office hit just like generally. It was very successful. Um, but on IMDb these days, it has a 6.8 out of 10 rating. Um, and then on Rotten Tomatoes, it is 89% fresh from critics and it is 73% fresh from audiences. Um, and that being said, like, I feel like those people are all being haters. It should be 100%. <laughs> giving it a five out of five? I mean, maybe because it's like, what would you change other than I would make these characters um, gay and I would make them kiss and I would make one of them Matthew Lillard. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
but they couldn't have done that at the time they had their own restrictions so it's like they did the best with what they could they gave us powerful palpable sexual chemistry between two of the female leads yeah nobody else kisses so it's okay that the two women don't kiss it's fair what will you give it are you gonna give it are you gonna do it I, I feel like, yeah, I mean, I guess I could not, but because like, Go with your gut, babe, you know, I had a lot of fun and I thought it was very silly. Um, no, I feel like five knives, five knives. I loved it. Oh, yeah. I thought it was great. I love that they break fourth wall and look right into camera at the yeah. end. And then he goes, oh, you're next. Like, that's so that. fun. Here's the thing. I agree with you this movie is absolutely a five out of five because like it's so much fun to watch like I've watched this movie now three times in the last uh, month because (laughs) I watched it and I was like guys we need to do this movie and then I watched it twice to record this and I had an absolute blast every single time I watched it even if I watched it three times in a month like a psychopath you know (laughs) And you're very familiar with the source material. So you really know what you're talking about. (laughs) I love this movie. It's so, it's so funny. It's just, it's quick. It's easy to watch. Like, do I wish a little things were more fleshed out? Sure. But, oh, well, I'm still having a great time. Like if somebody is watching this, I'm not going to say, oh no, put something else on. Like if this came on the TV, I'm immediately stopping and watching what I'm dropping, whatever I'm doing, sitting my ass on the couch and watching this movie. Hell yeah. That's awesome. For me, I I really, really liked it. Um, I thought it was really fun. I didn't give it the full attention that it needed to, and I didn't have time to watch it again. So I feel like maybe I would get all the way to a five if I had watched it again and given it that time. But um, it just didn't fully take me to a five this first time around. I'm going to give it a 4.7, which is still really fucking good. Okay. Um, But I, I really, really liked it. And it's so cool. It's so clear how this is like a piece of horror history, how it's informed so much of the fucking genre like for the rest of perpetuity on and on and on. So that's really amazing. And I will love this movie forever for being my first intro into Vincent Price, um, except for the thriller voice. Uh, (laughs) And yeah, I can't wait to go on a whole bisexual King journey with him. That's going to be sick. So thank you, Sydney, for making me sit my ass down and watch this because it was really fun. You're welcome. So that closes the book on The House on Haunted Hill. Until we do the 1999 one at some point, because honestly, I really want to. It looks like it's bad in the best way. Huh? Reboot month. Reboot month. We can do that. Reboot month. Um, But next week, we're doing a movie. We got to do House of Wax again. Again, again, (laughs) again, 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 again. But next week, we're doing a movie that is not a reboot. This is a cool original idea. Um, It came out in 2012, a year where the world could have ended. But instead, we got VHS, um, which is really, really fun movie. If you haven't seen it, it's like kind of vignette-y, vignette style. Um, So there's many, many stories involved in like an overarching story. Um, I remember it scared the little pants off me when I first saw this in college. Um, And I was deeply spooked. Um, 
and I can't wait to watch it again and see if it holds up. Um, the reason this is on our mind is because one of the vignettes is directed by Ty West, who just did X. So, um, you know, we went on IMDb of Ty West and IMDb and we're like, oh, okay, that's a good idea to do for April. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to revisit his vignette in particular because I remember really liking that one. So I think it's gonna be a fun one. I'm excited to, I also watched this in college um, and I've never seen it again, but I do also remember it being very spooky, like to the point where I'm like, I don't know if I want to watch this again. <laughs> so who knows, but I'm excited. <laughs> Chelsea looks so scared. You're I've be- never seen it. Yeah, it's, it's fun. <laughs> it's fun because it's all directed. Each vignette is directed, I think, by a different person. So like if one yeah. isn't really like getting you going, the next one might, you know, they're all very different stories. Okay. So it's cool. And it'll be fun to and talk about. And it's all like in found footage yes. setting too. So it like it feels more real, which is, you know, a silly, goofy mood. You know, we're going to have a great time. <laughs> Let's do it. It's going to be beautiful. Give you a little Blair Witch and a little bit of everything else. Um, Okay. (laughs) Why not, you know, give us a five-star review. I'm just going to say it right out the gate. I'm not even going to do a little preamble. You had a great time. I had a great time. Vincent Price is bisexual. Why not write that in a five-star review for us on Apple Podcasts and let everyone know because they might not know and they need to. Um, and also we're getting ever closer to 100 reviews and we would love your help to get there. So come on, consider it. Um, also why not follow us on social media? The TikToks keep getting better and better and better and sexier. It's incredible. You should see all the ones that Chelsea did for bedazzled. They're so fucking funny. They're amazing. So follow us at spooky underscore Tuesday on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. (sighs) I think that's it. Um, and then we're also Spooky Tuesday Pod on Facebook and Tumblr, and Spooky Tuesday on Letterbox to see all of our five knives out of fives reviews and ones that aren't quite five knives out of five. Um, and at the end of the day, what I want to say is uh, thank you for listening. Bye, spookies. Bridget, I've had enough of your spook talk. Get out, you sot, and don't come back into this room again. Spooky Tuesday was created by Monica Height, Sydney Thompson, and Chelsea Duff, and edited by Sydney Thompson. Our gorgeously spooky tunes are all thanks to Tamara Simons, who you can follow on Instagram at Captain Tamara, and our podcast art is by Mary Murphy, who you can find on Instagram at the underscore moon underscore omg. 